The, the Buddha offered us, uh, you could say, this ingenious teaching, uh, and it was a way of framing our experience. And it would come under the heading of um, uh, this teaching of conditionality, which is very simple. The, the teaching is very simple, but really important for your life, for our lives in terms of our contentment or our suffering. And it's the simple teaching that, that uh, what gives rise to our contentment or to our suffering are causes and conditions, right? There, there are certain causes and conditions that will lead to your contentment, not only con your contentment, but to the quality of awakening in your life. And there are certain causes and conditions that will lead to your discontent. And the aspect of the, the spiritual path that we're trying to cultivate is, is first cultivating the wisdom of what are the causes and conditions in your life in particular that lead to your contentment and what are the ones that, that lead to your discontentment. And so it, it, it's hinged upon this, this wisdom that we're uh, cultivating. But not only that, if it was only that easy, if we could only think <laughs> and know whether the causes and conditions, but then you have to act on them. You have to actually embody them. And tonight what I'd like to share with you um, are some reflections on a particular cause and condition that, that really leads to your contentment or your happiness. And that's this quality of simplicity, leading a simple life. And I also want to put this in a frame, but I want to back up uh, just one more step to point out something else about the way the Buddha taught, which I find quite fascinating, is what you'll hear, and also in this talk tonight, and maybe if you stay for the discussion, is that he wasn't proposing a belief system, which is really quite striking. So it, so it's kind of sometimes hard to put uh, at least early Buddhism into a religion uh, because it sometimes doesn't fit some of the, the, the categories in that definition. Really what he was trying to set up was um, an invitation to investigate, to investigate your experience. So he would give teachings and he would say something uh, like, you know, please come and see for yourself if this is true or not. Do these causes and conditions lead to your contentment and happiness or do they lead to your suffering? And then you find out and then you follow that. Rather than this way, the system of you have to believe in this if you're going to follow me. This is really not that system. It's more about we get together and we discuss things and you take on that investigation and then you find out for yourself. This is very important to, to keep in mind while I'm, I'm, I'm sharing these reflections to you. I mean it most sincerely. I invite you to reflect upon them and see how is it true or not true for your life. And it requires that. It requires your own reflection, your own investigation. Again, the theme is uh, simplicity, the importance of, of living a simple life. And hopefully that sounds kind of obvious, that that will lead to your contentment and happiness. Have you noticed that so much discontentment can, can arise because of the complications in your life? And it's so easy, I find it so easy to complicate my life during this modern time. There's always so much more we can do or feel like we can be doing. So many things impinging upon our experience that it can really take a lot of effort to live a simple life. And yet, when I get a taste of that, I know, oh yeah, there is a lot more contentment in this, a lot more happiness in this. And I'm sure I'm not the only one in this group. Have you noticed that? It's those complications.
And in terms of this meditation practice, which I'm going to uh, bring it into that too, is really the truth, the truth that we're wanting to see clearly, the truth that we're wanting to embody, the truth of momentary experience, is really very simple. It has a quality of simplicity to it. And sometimes you can notice that right now. One of the one of the the, the trainings that we're we're trying to do with these minds is come into this present moment right now. And you might notice the truth of this moment is very simple. For example, it's the simplicity of the sound of my voice coming and going. Or you could say, hearing it arises and passes away. It's the simplicity of the sensations of sitting, feeling posture, or feeling a movement such as the breath, the simplicity of expansion and contraction in the abdomen, or maybe even the coolness as it enters your, your nostrils of that air, and it's being slightly warmer as it exits. Very simple. And yet, incredibly profound. So, so just to, to, to reiterate this, to, so in our lives, you, you might notice this, a simple life really supports a kind of contentment. And then on a deeper level, you might notice in terms of meditation, when you can touch what I was just describing, that can lead to a deeper contentment, because it allows us to, to enter into the simplicity of of this activity of living. One day there was this, it's called, a, at least in early Buddhism, this deva, which is a celestial being. And he was, he was observing uh, the Buddha and his monastics. And he had this curiosity. Here they are living this simple life, a life of simplicity. And really his question to the Buddha was, um, why are they so content? How does this work? Where does this contentment come from? In particular, the way he described it, which I, I love this phrase of, of his question, he, he asked, why are their faces bright and serene? Why, why are they embodying uh, uh, contentment? How does this happen? And the Buddha responds. He says, they don't sorrow over the past and don't long for the future. They survive on the present. That's why their faces are bright and serene. From longing for the future from sorrowing over the past, fools wither away like a green reed cut down. They don't, they don't sorrow over the past. They don't long for the future. They're not grasping onto the past. They're not obsessing about the future. And what nourishes them? They survive on the present. Whereas people that are grasping and obsessing, those fools, they wither away like a green reed cut down. 
I remember when I uh, first became a Zen monk, one of the things that attracted to me was actually the simple lifestyle. It was an incredibly rigorous lifestyle, but the nice thing about it is it, it was a, it was simple. It was it was wonderful to have a kind of structure and a support and a simplicity. And to be up in the mountains, we were in the San Gabriel Mountains, and, um, you could say almost overlooking in, Los, uh, in, in California, kind of uh, in the Claremont area of California. It was wonderful. It really did help with, with getting a, a deeper sense of living. I want to share with you another description of that. There's a, a monk by the name of Tanisaro Bhikkhu, who's a, a, a Buddhist monastic who's done a lot of translating. But he said the main reason he got interested in this path, in, in the Dharma, or the truth in this way, is simply because of the way his teacher was living his life. He was traveling around Thailand, and he, beca- he came across this uh, Thai monk, Thai forest monk, who was living in this very small village, a very tiny monastery, and living very simply. And it, what he was moved by was, was this fellow's happiness, his contentment, in the midst of the simplicity. And he was so moved by it that he got interested in, in the Dharma and then finally got ordained. And this is a description of um, Ajahn Fuang, who was his, his teacher. said, you could feel a very strong sense of well-being just emanating from him. And he realized that it didn't depend on his being wealthy. It didn't depend on him being famous or having a lot of students or friends or anything. It was simply because he had worked on his mind. As he said, he wasn't born that way. Whatever sense of well-being he had developed in the mind came through the spiritual practice. And as you know to come to know the spiritual practice, come to know the Dharma, you realize exactly how all-encompassing it is. Once these qualities are developed in the mind, they take care of all kinds of situations. Qualities of mindfulness, discernment, and concentration are basic to any skill, basic to our ability to deal with any situation. Again, this, this quality of a simple life leading to this deep contentment. And within that simple life, cultivating these qualities. These qualities that lead to contentment. What I'd like to do is talk about this quality of simplicity, living a simple life, um, on two levels. You could say the, the external level, uh, in, in the way we live our lives, our lifestyle, and then also talk about it, you could say, internally, going back to what the Buddha was talking about, which was what it was dependent upon was, um, if you remember that first quote, was this, this quality of surviving on the present, not getting so wrapped up in the future and the past. Because this is very important. It's not just a certain lifestyle, but it's the quality of mind that you bring to the life that you're living. So both are important. We want to look at the external, what I'm calling the external, but even more important, what's the quality of mind that, that you're bringing to um, the life that you're living? 
because that in itself is, is a, a testimony of a, a simple life or a complicated life. Externally, uh, one story that I, I feel might uh, exemplify this. I had a friend who lived on Old Munns Highway. I don't know if any of you know where Old Munns Highway is, kind of out beyond Fort Tuttle there. And he had a job all the way on this side of town, on the east side of town. And it was one of those jobs that started early in the morning, like at 5.30 in the morning. And so he'd get up really early in the morning and ride his bike over to the east side here and work and then ride back home. And he would have these days where he just felt so exhausted, so like his his life was so complicated, he'd tell himself, I just need to give my break, give myself a break and drive to work. So he would do that for a while, and he was speaking to a friend about this, and um, he was saying, you know, it's strange, you know, I'm, I'm trying to give myself a break to make it easier, make my life more simple by driving, and yet I feel worse. I feel physically worse. Um, and I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do about this. And uh, he said that his, his friend's advice was really perfect, which was very simple, which is, you just need to see your bike ride as the brake. <laughs> 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 he was so grateful for this. He said, oh, it was... And then he realized, actually, the bike ride was the brake. Because it actually put him in a certain state of mind before work, which was really important, which in some ways was his meditation. And on the way back, actually riding his bike home gave a different pace because it took him longer to get home. So it was a, this really beautiful transition of transitioning out of work and back into home. And what he realized is, oh, for me to live a simple life... I need to do something that actually takes more effort and more time, which is ride my bike. And I, I, I think that's a, a wonderful example, and you might be able to relate to this, and it, it points out something I want to talk about in terms of the simple life. A simple life or a quality of simplicity does not always mean an easier life or a more comfortable life. And this can be really this this can be very confusing. We can think we, we can get really get lost, especially in this modern world, right? There's always things to make our lives go quicker and to make our lives more comfortable. But that's not necessarily gonna lead to a simpler life. Right? The easiest thing we can do is always pick up our cell phone and text or call. Is that always going to be leading to simplicity in your life? So I find that distinction really important. What do we mean by simplifying our lives or bringing simplicity in, in a way that's supportive? And what is something that is maybe more complicated, that might feel more comfortable, but is more complicated? How do you discern both of those? For me, what, it, what I um, reflect upon is simplicity is about um, less complication. And I'll come back to this in terms of the meditation, because I think in the meditation, you can get a real clear sense of what's complicated and what's more simple. 
and to have that feeling sense that you get in your meditation inform how you're, you're, you're living your life. And I, I want to be really clear with this example. I'm, I'm not trying to give the subliminal message that all of you should be riding your bikes uh, to work. <laughs> If you want to, I think that's great. <laughs> and I, I want to point out, what I'm offering you is a, is a reflection to engage in. And what's important is that everyone's quality of simplicity is going to look different from each other. And this is really important. When I reflect on what's going to bring simplicity to my life, it might look radically different than what it, what it is for your life. And your life might 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 um, feel very complicated and, and jolted to me, whereas for you it might feel very simple and clear. So this is very 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 important because so so many times we look at what is a simple life by looking at other people, and I want to encourage a different kind of investigation. We're not here to be all the same and alike. <laughs> We're here to, um, to share a, a, a similar investigation, but the results are, are, are and what precipitates out of your investigation is going to be different. And it's important at when we come together as a group that we, we support that kind of diversity, that we support a, a like um, way of discussing and exploring and hopefully like values, but allowing that to have a, a quality of difference. Because then it's it's real and authentic, and then it, it prevents it from this kind of this spiritual path from becoming some kind of dogma that's rigid. This ties into another important teaching that you find in in Buddhism, which is around cultivating something called renunciation which is a whole talk unto itself. And it's a tricky conversation because often the connotations around this word renunciation are kind of these, these dour, austere images that might come. But that's not what renunciation is about. Renunciation is about uh, really a quality of simplicity that leads to our contentment. Actually, what I'd like to share with you is a, a, what I feel is a wonderful description of the movement, the internal movement, or the movement in our lives that that arises from that, the renunciation. It's from the Dhammapada, and, and the Buddha says, If by renouncing a lesser happiness, one may realize a greater happiness, let the wise one renounce the lesser, having regard for the greater. Again, if by renouncing a lesser happiness one may realize a greater happiness, let the wise one renounce the lesser, having regard for the greater. It's that movement. It's that movement from moving from a lesser happiness to a greater happiness. Actually, the, the, the place that I find this easiest to teach is actually in um, communities of recovery around addiction, because then it's really obvious, mm -hmm. because, because then everyone in recovery knows uh, the, the act of giving up a le lesser happiness for a, a greater happiness, and that it's actually a kind of renunciation. 
It's a kind of turning away from one thing and then turning towards another thing, which is where one's greater happiness leads. And I find that's really important for this investigation for simplicity. I, I sometimes need to turn away from certain things in my life so that my life is more simple, so that I slow down. And for me, what I find, and maybe you will find the same thing, for me to have a quality of simplicity in my life, to cultivate that, I actually do need to put effort into it. I need to work at it. Sometimes I can have this thought of, well, I ju I'm just going to do less. But if I don't have a clear intention for that, then that that um, trying, trying to have more space is just going to get filled up. This is really important. It's just not going to simply happen. It, it takes work. I'm sure you, 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 you've noticed this, right? <laughs> you think if you're just going to allow some space in your life and then all of a sudden, zoom, it gets all filled up. one poem about this which I feel has a different take on it on this quality of simplicity or renunciation this is from the poet uh, Naomi Shiav Nye some of you might know her poems the title of this is The Art of Disappearing she begins when they say don't I know you? Say no. When they invite you to the party, remember what parties are like before answering. <laughs> right? Such as someone telling you in a loud voice they once wrote a poem, greasy sausage balls on a paper plate, then reply. <laughs> if they say, we should get together, say, why? <laughs> it's not that you don't love them anymore <laughs> you're trying to remember something too important to forget trees the monastery bell at twilight tell them you have a new project it will never be finished <laughs> When someone recognizes you in a grocery store, nod briefly and become a cabbage. <laughs> when someone you haven't seen in ten years appears at the door, don't start singing him all your new songs. You will never catch up. Walk around feeling like a leaf. Know you could tumble any second. Then decide what to do with your time. I appreciate how she frames some of her answers to these questions. Right? She's really clear. It's, it's not that you don't love them anymore. And I feel this is so important, what she says next. You're trying to remember something too important to forget. And then what, what a striking list. Trees. The monastery bell at twilight. Have you noticed how easy it is to forget what's important to you? 
how easy it is to forget uh, what's important in this brief, brief life of yours. In that light, renunciation is important. Simplicity is important if you want to be here for your life. And then the internal level of simplicity. Back to what the Buddha was mentioning in, uh, to that, that celestial being. What allows the monastics in that story to be um, have uh, faces that are bright and serene? What allows them to have a quality of simplicity? I find it striking because in, in his answer he doesn't say, well, they, their faces are bright and serene because they are wearing uh, monastic robes or because they eat one meal a day or because they're always walking around. He doesn't say anything like that. He says it's, it's because of a quality of mind, a mind that's not obsessed with the future or hooked by the past. That's the quality of, of simplicity that we're trying to cultivate within the meditation, to have that be the basis. Because when the quality of mind's there, then it can percolate out into these external things that I'm talking about. And then even, I, I, I really f feel like it, it's very possible to live on the outside a very complicated-looking life, but having a very simple mind. Uh, 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 one of my teachers puts it very simply like that. He says, simple on the inside, complicated on the outside. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. We don't want to be simple on the outside and complicated on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, I invite you to, just for tonight, to keep your practice simple. Just the simplicity of coming back, for example, to the feeling of the breath, to the feeling <coughs> of your body sitting as we, we will meditate together in just a few minutes. Can you touch that quality of simplicity, of those simple things in this moment that I was, that I was uh, describing at the very beginning of this talk? And when that complicated mind starts racing and you notice yourself lost in it, and simply notice that. There, there's a moment of that quality of simplicity, of awareness. Oh, interesting, wondering, planning, remembering. Oh, all those thoughts about how I'm gonna simplify my life. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you just notice it and then coming back to the feeling of the breathing. So even that process can be very simple, just coming back again and again and again. And then I'd like to end just with a, a quote from uh, T.S. Eliot, which uh, ho hopefully some of you are familiar with from his four quartets, the, the last part, the, the, the little getting. He says, a condition of complete simplicity costing not less than everything, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. A condition of complete simplicity, 
costing not less than everything, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.